by Curtain Call, read by Literarian. Chapter 2 Crowley frowned at his desk. He'd spent the last hour arranging and rearranging his two extremely cool and completely useless paperweights into the most attractive possible configuration. That was the problem with keeping things neat and minimalist. Not a lot to fiddle with when you got nervous. It was, of course, objectively ridiculous that he was nervous. A potential client was coming in for a meeting to discuss his contract. That was all. Someone Crowley had only met once before, for less than an hour, a professional acquaintance. Certainly nothing to get worked up about. And yet, here he was, glancing at his watch every thirty seconds, in case time had suddenly decided to go at a different pace, clicking in and out of windows on his computer, opening articles and not actually reading them, double-checking the alphabetizing of his client records. His reaction made complete sense, really. Crowley had gone so long without being second-guessed or questioned that he'd just become... complacent. Soft. And so having someone actually call him on his bullshit was obviously going to be intellectually invigorating. He hadn't expected Aziraphale Fell to be as sharp and canny as he was last time, but he knew better now, and this time he was prepared. He'd written up a new contract for AZ Fell & Co., a truly diabolical piece of work, if he did say so himself. All of the language Aziraphale had objected to last time had been duly removed, and in its place Crowley had added approximately 500 words of new clauses and loopholes and hidden fees. It had taken him all day on Thursday, and he'd even stayed late, glancing up to see Huster and Ligger leave as he tinkered with the wording of a particularly nasty little percentage change. And because Aziraphale had proven himself to be a far more formidable adversary than Crowley had been expecting, he'd even gone so far as to work in a number of decoy clauses, in the hopes that Aziraphale would find those out, demand their removal, and pat himself on the back, thinking he'd spotted all there was to spot. If Crowley felt a slight twinge of guilt at the idea, that was quickly neutralized by imagining just how satisfying it would be to get one over on the eagle-eyed Mr. Fell. Really, he told himself, as the digits of his watch clicked over to four o'clock, this might be the best thing to happen to his career in ages. He'd been getting complacent. A little challenge, a go at matching wits with someone actually worth the trouble, 
just what he needed. Aziraphale bustled in two minutes late, full of apologies that Crowley instantly doubted. Oh, he seemed sincere enough, nattering on about a simply dreadful customer and really couldn't get away. I'm so sorry to have kept you waiting and on a Friday. But Crowley couldn't help but suspect that the whole White Rabbit Act was a ploy to throw him off his rhythm. Mr. Fell, he said, as smoothly as possible, given the inconvenient fact that his heart had begun doing a first-rate imitation of a woodpecker. Glad to see you back. Aziraphale beamed. The pleasure's all mine, I'm sure, he said, settling into the metal chair as though he could make it cozy via transference. I do appreciate you fitting me in again so soon. No trouble at all, Crowley said. Shall we get right to it, then? Crowley briefly flirted with the idea of pretending he couldn't work the printer in order to delay the contract review and pressure Aziraphale to read and sign more quickly. But given how unsuccessful that strategy had been last time, he decided against it and nodded instead. Got your revised paperwork right here, he said, handing it over. Aziraphale beamed again. Oh, thank you, he said, settling his spectacles on his nose. Now, I do hope you managed to take out those, uh, those few small items that didn't seem quite right to me. Of course, happy to accommodate. Oh, indeed, Aziraphale murmured and began reading. Crowley watched him carefully. It was more compelling than it ought to have been, probably, seeing him pore over every word, making little tick marks in the margins with his pen. At length, Aziraphale looked up. Well? Crowley asked, cringing internally at the eagerness in his tone. Look all right. I see that you have taken out all the clauses to which I objected last time, Aziraphale allowed. However, it seems as though in doing so you've introduced several new conditions which I really must insist that you remove. Oh, well, Gus, happy to accommodate our clients, you know, just uh, what conditions would those be, exactly? Crowley held his breath. He'd known all along that Aziraphale would find at least some of the tricks he'd planted in there that had been the plan, but now was the moment of truth as to whether he'd managed to find all of them. First off, Aziraphale said, it seems as though you've lengthened the term covered by the agreement to five years, not three. Crowley scratched his head. That was all right, then. That was one of the ones he'd expected Aziraphale to spot. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Must have been a misprint. While I of course hope that your systems will prove satisfactory for my business, I can't commit to five years at this early date. I'm sure you understand. Crowley nodded. And... Aziraphale continued, 
While you've set the interest rate at a fixed percentage, as I asked, I see that you've added an annual renewal fee, which, if my arithmetic is correct, would cost nearly as much as the rising rate from the last version. More, actually, Crowley said under his breath. What was that? I said, I'll take it out, no problem. Excellent, said Aziraphale, and smiled. Furthermore, it appears as though the... the technical specifications outlined herein have been reduced significantly. Is there a reason for that? Certainly, if you feel this model is the best fit for my needs, I'm willing to switch. You are, of course, the expert here, but it would seem to me as though a less powerful system ought to cost me less, oughtn't it? Crowley sighed. He'd really hoped that one would slip by. He'd seen the AZ Fell and Co. website for heaven's sake. It didn't precisely indicate that the proprietor had more than the most rudimentary and outdated understanding of computers. Uh, no, we can... we can stay with the system we discussed earlier. I'll make sure the specs are corrected in the contract. Oh, thank you, Aziraphale said warmly. Crowley reached out to take the paperwork back from him. Is that all, then? I can make those changes. Oh, no, there is one more thing, Aziraphale said, holding onto the papers with a surprisingly firm hand. You see, I'd asked you about the warranty. The way it was framed in the original draft seemed to indicate that scarcely anything would be covered. Yes. And I see you've changed it, just as I asked, but... And now this is really very wily of you, I must say. It appears that you've merely redone the wording and shuffled the conditions around to different parts of the document. Buried them in some of the paragraphs that I didn't take exception to before. As though you thought I'd simply see that the opening sentences were the same and skim over them. Crowley pasted an affable smile on. It came more easily than he might have expected, given that he'd just been caught out attempting to get one over on his newest client and was therefore about to take a not insignificant hit in terms of his commission. I assure you, Mr. Fell, I wouldn't dream of trying to slip anything past you. Oh, do call me Aziraphale. And I very much wish I could believe that, Mr. Crowley. Just Crowley's fine, Crowley said awkwardly. So shall I make those changes, then? Aziraphale produced his pocket watch. Do you know, he said, I've actually got nowhere to be at the moment, so if it's convenient for you, I think you can just make the changes I've indicated right now. While I wait. You want to watch me edit the contract? I do think it's much the best way to prevent any further... deviousness, shall we say, on your part, don't you? Crowley felt himself flush. No intention of being deviant. Sorry, devious. Don't know what I... Well, no intention of being any of it anyway. Hmm, 
said Aziraphale, and smiled vaguely. Crowley, unsure how to object in any terms that wouldn't serve merely to raise further suspicions, took the contract back from him with a non-committal grunt. He flipped through the pages, keenly aware of Aziraphale's steady gaze on him. Was this how his clients felt when he watched them review documents? No wonder they got flustered and missed things. Aziraphale, however, didn't appear to have missed anything. Crowley realized with a sinking certainty as he glanced over the excisions and additions, all clearly noted in oppressively neat handwriting. He'd found every single clause that Crowley had snuck in. The decoys and the real ones, all of them, and the resulting document was far more straightforward and client-friendly than anything Crowley could remember having written in the last decade. He opened up the file on his computer and got to work making the changes, glancing up occasionally to see that Haziraphale was still watching him. Don't suppose you'd like to come over to this side of the desk and read over my shoulder? He said, aiming for sardonic and landing, he feared, somewhere just south of sexual harassment. Aziraphale, thankfully, didn't seem to take it amiss. I don't think so, no. I can't imagine it would be very edifying. Just thought, you said you wanted to watch, that's all. Keep an eye out for deviousness. Can't imagine you're getting much out of the view from over there. Aziraphale frowned. Am I making you uncomfortable? Nah, Crowley lied. Not at all. Only thought you looked a bit bored over there. If I'm making you uncomfortable, I'm quite happy to read. Oh, yeah, Crowley snapped without thinking. The amazing bottomless bag of books, I remember. I like to come prepared, Aziraphale said haughtily. Right, Crowley said, realizing it perhaps wasn't the best idea to antagonize the client. I mean, not uncomfortable, that's all. Very well, Aziraphale said, but he pulled a book out of his bag anyway. It was easier to write without being actively observed, and Crowley managed to finish up the changes to the contract in a few, thankfully non-excruciating, minutes. He hit print with a feeling of far greater triumph than was likely warranted by the contents of the document. There you are, then, he said, handing the finished product off to Aziraphale. Nothing in there to take exception to. I'll be the judge of that, I think, Aziraphale said, and began running a careful finger down the page. Well then, he said at last, this appears satisfactory, I must say. Terrific, Crowley said. So, uh, if you're ready to go ahead and sign, then... Oh, yes, certainly. 
He signed quickly, a series of loosely linked swoops of the pen, nothing like the neat margin notes of earlier. Congratulations, Mr. Fell, Crowley said, sticking out a hand. You're officially the newest client of Barathrum Systems. Splendid, Aziraphale said, and they shook. His hands were softer than Crowley had been anticipating. If he had been anticipating, that was, which he definitely had not, slightly cooler than Crowley's own, but not so cold as to be unpleasant. What would the next steps be, then? I'll get this squared away with our finance team, Crowley said. Invoice you for the first payment, and we'll reach out to arrange for a tech to come over and set up your system. No reason we can't have it up and running within the fortnight. Excellent, Aziraphale said, standing up. Will that be all for today, then? Think so. I'll... I can walk you out. Aziraphale blinked. You really don't? He began, but broke off, features shifting from bewilderment into gratification. That is, that would be very kind of you. Crowley made a sound which hopefully conveyed, why yes, we do that for all of our clients, nothing particular to you or anything, not that you were implying there was, and got up from his desk. Did you drive here? he asked, leading Aziraphale down the corridor towards the door. Or, oh no, that is, I don't drive, you see. I'm actually... It's very lucky, because I live in the flat just above my shop, so to get to work I just sort of pop down. Easiest commute imaginable. Certainly beats traffic, Crowley agreed. Or a crowded tube line. And other than that, well, I like walking, you know. Even when the weather's dreary. It wasn't particularly dreary today, though... Crowley noted as they stepped outside. In fact, there were a number of people milling about, presumably taking advantage of the unseasonably warm weather. Not far away, a harried-looking young mother was holding onto a pram with one hand and a rather sticky-looking toddler with the other. Well, thank you very much, Aziraphale said. Crowley had just opened his mouth to say something that was doubtless going to be very clever once he worked it out, but was forestalled by a shrill scream. He turned, alarmed, to look. The scream had come from the young mother because, oh Christ, oh fuck, her pram had somehow got away from her and was rolling inexorably into the street. Everything seemed to be moving simultaneously very quickly and very slowly. Crowley saw, as though frozen, the look of abject horror in the woman's eyes, the car headed towards the pram at such a pace that it seemed impossible it could stop in time. And he saw Aziraphale dart out into the street, directly into the path of the oncoming car, and pull the pram back to the safety of the pavement. 
A car horn blared with the irritation particular to drivers who have narrowly avoided an accident of their own making, and time snapped back into place. Holy shit, Crowley said. Aziraphale, apparently unperturbed, was fussing over the baby, which had, understandably, began wailing. What? he asked, not looking at Crowley. You just... Crowley began. You ran into traffic. Are you insane? You could have been killed. Aziraphale turned to face him at that. It may have been rather foolish of me, yes, he admitted. But, well, I don't know. It seemed as though someone ought to do something. Anxiety swept over his face. I mean, the poor thing just rolling away and the car coming so quickly and you don't think it was wrong of me, surely? Uh, no, Crowley said. Pretty sure no one is going to tell you off for literally saving a child's life. Oh, good, Aziraphale said, apparently relieved. I did think so, but one never knows. Crowley sputtered something unintelligible even to himself. Because he'd had one very particular impression of Aziraphale fell when the man had walked into his office. A sort of feather-brained, affable eccentric. He'd completely revised said impression upon witnessing Aziraphale's razor-sharp eye for fiddly contractual details into probably the cleverest bastard of my acquaintance. And now, apparently, he had to think again because this was also a person who ran out into traffic without thinking in order to save a complete stranger and who was, therefore, some variety of kind, brave idiot. Crowley wondered briefly if Aziraphale might be twins. Triplets? Something. The mother came dashing over to them, holding the toddler firmly, Crowley was glad to note, by the hand and emitting a steady stream of oh my gods and thank yous. Is he all right? she asked, practically shoving Aziraphale out of the way and reaching into the pram to extract the crying infant. Are you there? Now, oh, mamas got you. Come on. Thank you so much, she told Aziraphale once the tears had abated somewhat. I swear to God, I thought I had the handle firm, but Zoe was pulling so hard, and next thing I knew, I don't know what would have happened if you hadn't been there. Thank heaven you were. I can't believe you're an angel. Honestly, I'm so... Oh, really? No. Aziraphale said, visibly uncomfortable. I'm only glad no one was hurt. An angel, the woman repeated firmly. She patted the baby on the back and, well, apparently the rapid movement of the last few minutes had had some impact, after all, because the baby made a small noise and loosed a stream of spit-up onto Aziraphale's overcoat. Oh my God, the mother said, 
clearly mortified. I can't believe I am so sorry. Oh my God, it's quite all right, Aziraphale said unconvincingly, looking down at his coat with an expression that suggested he might very well vomit. Can you let me pay for the cleaning or something, please? It's really the least I can do. No, Aziraphale said quickly. No, no, that won't be necessary. Not at all. Really, please don't let's say any more about it. He sent Crowley a beseeching, help me out here glance, which, okay, now apparently Crowley had to add, able to communicate eloquently through eye movements, to the catalogue of contradictory and fascinating things he was learning about Aziraphale fell. Uh, Crowley said, you know, why don't I uh, take it? Aziraphale frowned. I'm sorry, I don't... I can take it, Crowley said, because apparently he was committed to whatever the hell his course of action was. I can just take it. Um, I suppose, Aziraphale said, blinking in evident bewilderment and carefully removed his overcoat, handing it over to Crowley who was now, he realised, holding a vomit-covered overcoat. So well done on that. Great strategy there. Thank you so much, the mother said yet again. I really... The ambulatory child tugged on her hand. Just a moment, Zoe, we need to thank the nice angel man. You have, Aziraphale said. Quite sufficiently. Mom, Zoe said, we need to go. And with another frantic thank you and some reshuffling of hands, the little family was gone and Crowley was left standing next to Aziraphale, still holding the coat. Uh, he said, that was a thing. Indeed, Aziraphale said wrinkling his nose. One never does foresee the consequences of one's actions, does one? If I'd known saving the child would lead to the ruin of my favourite coat, perhaps I'd have thought better of it. Sorry, you... Crowley broke off, seeing the spark of mischief in Aziraphale's eyes. Oh, joke, got it. I'm not joking about it being my favourite coat, though, Aziraphale said, regretfully eyeing the stain, which Crowley was holding as far away from his body as possible. Still, I expect it's nothing cleaners won't be able to handle. Although why you thought that inviting me to disrobe was an appropriate response to the situation... You could have let her pay for it, Crowley pointed out, largely because he was very invested in pushing past the whole disrobe bit, and also because it very much hadn't been an appropriate response to the situation. Oh no, Aziraphale said. I really couldn't put a young mother to such expense. Besides, it won't be any trouble affording it. I've just got an excellent deal on my new computer system, after all. 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's right. Um, want your coat back then, Angel? He added as a sort of half-hearted stab at repartee. Oh dear, Aziraphale said. She really did say that a number of times, didn't she? It was a lot, Crowley admitted, and then. Because apparently his single brain cell had decided to take a holiday. But not entirely wrong, was she? I beg your pardon? Just because you did save the kid, um, and that's very protective or something, which is what angels are supposed to do if I... Well, anyway, seems suitable, that's all. Hmm, Aziraphale said, looking... Amazingly, not as though he were about to report Crowley for being a general menace to society and all-around creep. I do want it. What? My coat, Aziraphale clarified hastily. I want my coat. Oh, right, Crowley said and handed it over. Well then, I suppose I really must be getting back to the shop now, so... Oh, yeah, Crowley said, aware suddenly of how long they'd been standing outside, at how long he'd been away from his desk, not that anyone was likely to notice him gone, or that such behavior was inconsistent with his previously demonstrated work ethic. Well, bye, then. Goodbye, Aziraphale said, and with a sunny smile, crossed the street, looking side to side for cars this time, and disappeared into the indistinct masses. Crowley stood there, looking after him. Right, he said aloud after a moment, and walked purposefully back inside the Barathrum offices, straight to his desk, where he picked up his phone and punched in an extension. Newton Palsifer speaking came the slightly unsteady voice of Barathrum's worst installation tech. Hey, Newt, listen. Crowley, you're still here. It's Friday. Are you a time clock or tech? Crowley snapped. Look, Newt, there's a new client just come in. AZ Fell and Co. booksellers. Oh, nice work, Crowley. Newt said happily. Bet you got them good on the contract. Least lucrative document of my career, actually, Crowley said. Feels fantastic. But listen, they're going to get their system put in next week, once the finances sorted out, and I wanted you to manage it, so you're the one who goes over to do the installation. All right, said Newt. Uh, why? Because I'm coming with you, said Crowley. Mm-hmm.